0: Hi, this is Nate Slutsky in the Verified Athletics Podcast. I spent nine years as a college football coach. I coached Division I down to Division Three, and I learned a lot during that time. And one of the things I learned is that athletes and their parents don't know what's going on in the recruiting process. So I started this podcast, I started Verified Athletics, to serve them, to give them valuable information. And the goal of this podcast is to invite on college coaches and have conversations with them, one college coach to another. I always thought that if athletes and their parents can hear the college coaches having those conversations about recruiting, they would learn a ton. All of our recruiting resources at Verified Athletics are free, so share them with your friends and family or on your own social media. And if you find the information valuable, consider donating on our Patreon site. For this podcast, my guest is Keith Bruno. Keith and I met back in 2008. He was a freshman football player at Albright College, outside linebacker, and I was his outside linebacker coach. That was my second year coaching college football. Keith is an awesome guy. He is now currently the defensive coordinator at St. Lawrence University, a Division three school up in the very top of New York State. We had a great conversation. We covered early admissions, we covered the Division three recruiting process, some of Keith's own recruiting when he was uh, getting recruited to play college football at the Division three level, and more, so definitely, sit back relax and enjoy welcome how are you
1: doing great it's
0: back on campus now we're going to
1: start we start Monday with coaches camp Uh, our players show up to 10 so we have those you know those two weeks prior to get ourselves ready to go and a couple new staff members coming on board and
0: teaching the defense and the offense and get rolling that's great and now this is your first year as a defensive coordinator right Correct. First year
1: as defensive coordinator here at St. Lawrence. Last year here, I was the recruiting coordinator and worked, you know, mostly with the secondary. Uh, you know, RDC. Last year took off. You get, you know, I got an FCS job, and so I got the, I got the bump. So it's 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 exciting. It's exciting to finally, uh, you know, run the show and be able to to teach some of our other coaching. We had we have a very young staff
0: here, uh, with the exception of the head coach. I'm the youngest, or I'm the oldest. I'm 28. Yeah, that's so, kind of typical for D three, though it seems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think our, our staff structure, it's, it's probably the same as, as, you know, most other division schools we have, we have five GAs, you know, so most of these guys are, are 22, 23 years old, just out of, you know, just out of college. So th- that's probably one of the, the things I'm more excited about is, is having a staff and, and working with some younger guys that are just, you know, fresh out of college football.
0: That's great. And how many of them come from your own program?
1: Uh, two of our defensive GAs. Yeah. So that's it. Everybody else is from, is from pretty far away. Our new one that we just hired two of them, one's from California. Uh, the other one's from, you know, somewhere in upstate New York, Uh, you know, I think he's a pretty local guy, but two, two of our defensive GAs, one was an all-American here, defensive lineman. The other one was an all-conference linebacker here. So still fortunate to have guys that, you know, very smart. They're very well-respected, with the players, which I think makes their transition much easier, you know, they have some credibility with the players
0: Yeah, now it's from what I remember like you you played at Albright and then You when you graduated your first coaching job was somewhere else before you went back to Albright at McDaniel um, So you didn't have that experience of going straight from like a player to a coach on the same staff What you like have you started to try to coach up your guys on how to handle that?
1: Yeah, you know, so I, I was I was fortunate, like you said, to, to be a GA at a different school. Uh, you know, the thing I tell these guys the, the first thing is they have to they have to gain credibility. You know, it's it's tough to be you know they're, they're buddies with these guys for four years and they're for best for best friends, and so it's tough to go from that kind of dynamic and then start coaching and tell you know and trying to improve and and make make them better. So the first thing I. I try to tell them is you have to be able to separate yourself obviously professionally. It's it's very tough to do. It is very tough to do when, especially when you are the guy, you know, you're an all American football player here and these are your best friends. But so they got to establish themselves, you know, as, as professionals first and then they got to show credibility. They got to show that um, they're going to work their tail off, that they they know what they're talking about. And, and over time, you know, that that relationship really changes.
0: Yeah. And, um, I know you guys are a pretty small town. I imagine that that's probably a, an adjustment for them socially wise. I mean, I imagine that for them, it's like college town. That's all there is. And then now they kind of have to be removed from it in some way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's a little, a little different from everybody. You know, I'm from the shore area, New Jersey. And even in coming up here, you know, as as a coach, it's it, it's different. It's very different. Um, but for our, our two GAs, again, that, that was another thing that they had to they had to adjust from, again, separating their college life to their professional life.
0: Um, yeah, I remember. I think, Sorry, go ahead.
1: And I think that, you know, they found out very quickly. I think when they first got the job, they're like, oh, well, you know, what am I going to do? And then they found out it's it's just like any other town. <laughs>
0: you know, you're not going to be,
1: you're not going to be bored. There's going to be stuff to do. It's, they just didn't see it right away at age 22.
0: Yeah. I remember when I graduated college and I was looking at different coaching jobs, I was just like, amazed that i would even be offered any job anywhere at any time so like any opportunity that came along i thought was the most incredible thing in the world and and one of the first schools that got back to me was a school in north dakota called minot state i think it's called or yeah. minot yep. college or yep. can't remember yep. and uh i remember telling my mom about this opportunity to go to north dakota and coach football in in minot north dakota and she was like no way! You're gonna go there and have a good time or like that. You're gonna drive yourself crazy. Unfortunately, I, you know, got other opportunities, and maybe it would have been the best thing for me. But I think I'm, I'm glad I ended up where I did, which was at Albright, where I met you. So, um, actually, if you could, what I'd like to hear from you, actually, more is about your own recruiting experience when you were coming out of high school. I know uh, our good friend Steve Opka North was the guy that recruited you at Albright College. Uh, but what? first, I guess, like what went into your decision on where to go to school? How did it all play out for you? And after that, like now looking back on it, what would you have done differently now that you're kind of an expert in the game?
1: Well, you know, the first thing is the college recruiting process has changed in in those, you know, it's been 10 years since I was recruited, um, you know, out of high school. So there was no, in 2007, there wasn't huddle, you know, there was, you know, so, I remember sending highlight film in, I had to, you know, find the clips from our, from our VHS, uh, which, and I got it to DVD. So to find the clips, I had to screenshot the clips to start the play. I had to, you know, pretty much do it all myself. It wasn't as easy as it is now. Uh, But, you know, when I was, I didn't know anything about college, um, especially college athletics. My older sister, she was two years older than me. So she went went on some visits, but she wasn't an athlete. So it's a totally different experience, a totally different process when you're an athlete to a not athlete. So it was it was the first time going through it for my family, my parents didn't go to college. So it was all brand new, and I think you know the one thing I was really there was two things I was pretty sure I was set on is I wanted to play college football, and I wanted to work in law enforcement. That was that was really the two things I knew when I was you know 17 years old. And so I started looking just locally. Again, I, I didn't know there, there wasn't the resources. I didn't have the experience. None of these services around out here that could help me get exposure, help me learn. So I started looking locally and then, you know, Coach O came into school and did a, you know, a phenomenal job at least getting us interested, uh, which was, you know, certainly the, the goal of your first meeting, just, just get me interested. And, and I was. And when I went to Albright to visit, I really just felt comfortable. There was a lot of guys on the visit with me, and then I found out later on that were from, you know, the shore area specifically, but from New Jersey, very similar to me and my family, which made me feel comfortable. And I think at that point, the process became easy. I, I think I visited four or five schools, um, you know, Pennsylvania, Eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and I set on Albright just because I really, I really felt comfortable with not only the coaching staff there and Coach O, but the people that I was being recruited with. So, now looking back, you know, if I were to do things differently, and I'll try to put in the context, you know, if I had all these tools like Huddle and, and and verify and stuff like this, but I would definitely start earlier. It's I tell I tell guys all the time when they come on campus and they're here as, as you know, they're walking around as sophomores and juniors, and it's, it's the one thing I would I would go back and do differently. I didn't start looking at colleges till winter time of my senior year.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that was my first time on campus, maybe in, in December, you know, or January. And, you know, I think that's something that it, I don't think it hurt me because I was I loved where I went and I don't regret where I went and had a great experience there. It got me to where I am now. But starting the process earlier would be something that I would if I knew the information I knew now, I, I would you get so much more. You're not you're not rushed. You're not pressured. You have so much more time to do some research uh, when really my process. It was, it was just me. Even my parents didn't even know. <laughs> you know, they, they didn't go to college. They, they didn't know what college athletics were all about. So they really just let me let me run with it. And I was, I was fortunate enough to have you know, a recruiter at and, and Albright and, you know, more importantly, a person that was recruiting me that, that cared about me and my family and what I wanted. And that made the process much easier.
0: Yeah. And when you say like start earlier, what like specific steps do you think that you would take? Like, when would you start? What would you do to start? What are you thinking? Like, what would, what do you have in mind?
1: Sure. So, you know, I, I didn't play much when I was a junior in high school. Um, you know, so, but man, I, didn't, I didn't really start until I was a senior, but I certainly, after my junior year, I, I, I knew that I wanted to play college football, but I just didn't know the process. I didn't know how to start or where to look. So I think after my junior year of playing football, I would start at least just, just prospecting, just looking up schools in the area, looking up, you know, majors that I was interested in, looking in college football programs that I was interested in and just getting some names on a piece of paper. And I think that's really all it is, you know, just familiarizing myself with some of the names and some of the local colleges and universities uh, and getting myself familiar. The next thing I would do is that summer going into my senior year, I would probably start visiting schools, you know, because I think, especially now and everything's so streamlined, you know, with, with the internet and, how everybody can communicate but everything goes so quickly once you're in the fall even as a high school senior you got high school football and you got your you got your school that you're applying for colleges everything goes so quickly and it's very easy to to miss something it's very easy to not get all the information where if you visit a couple schools in the summertime at least you get an idea you know even if it's a place you're not so sure about maybe right? you know maybe your parents really like it but you're not so sure take the visit you know, at least get some information to, to start comparing what you're looking for and what that school has to offer. And, and there were some places I was surprised, you know, there was a couple of schools I visited where I did not think I was going to like. And once I stepped foot on campus, it was awesome, you know, because you, I just didn't know. So I think starting starting that college visit process um, in the summertime would, would be the most important thing for me.
0: Sure. So I actually try to give advice to some athletes on how to even go about picking what schools to visit. I mean, there's hundreds of schools. Uh, there's like a thousand that play college football. You know, some are more local, some are farther, right? And so there's there's decisions that go into it. Um, one of the main pieces of advice I give athletes is if you're being recruited by schools, that you should check them out. And in the case that no one's really recruiting you yet, maybe it's too early for you. I always give advice to, to try to, capture a wide variety of schools I think it's natural for a lot of kids to think oh I got to go to Penn State and I got to go to Notre Dame and I got to go because those are the schools that they know of because those are the ones that they see on TV Um, but the reality is is for a lot of athletes especially if they don't know who's recruiting them that's not what their future is going to look like and checking out a bunch of D3 schools checking out a bunch of D2 schools and getting a lay of the land will help them to actually see the differences between the schools and so they can kind of get a sense of what different things are like. I don't know. Do you think that's good advice or would you say it differently?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think it's, you know, from, from, if you ask every, I would say every, at least division three football player, maybe, you know, anybody that's not a big time FBS football player. If you ask them to describe their recruiting process or where they wanted to go or what they thought the recruiting process was about when they started to when they committed to their school, I guarantee you, it's going to be a night and day. Because again, just just the information, you know, they they don't, they, no one knows. It's, um, it's tough. So I think, yeah, I mean, if we're reaching out to you, I think any school is reaching out to you. Um, we're interested, you know. I know here at St. Lawrence, and I know a lot of schools don't do this anymore. No one really does mass mailings. You know, I don't, I don't email 300 kids in my area. Um, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to recruit that way. Everyone's very specific. So if we're reaching out to you. It's it's because we're interested, you know. And, and to to really throw a school to you know throw a school to the curb right away. I think it's I think it's silly because you have again you have no information about what this school is about. Um, I can't tell you how many times that and you've definitely experienced too. You know, coaching where you have, I initially recruit someone. Um, they turn me down. They they want to go here, there, wherever it is, anywhere but where I am. And then a couple months go by, and some things change. Maybe they don't get into those schools. Maybe those schools aren't actually recruiting them. Maybe it's not a scholarship. It's a preferred walk-on, whatever it may be. And they say, you know what? I do want to visit campus, Coach. I want to take a look at it. And now it's making their process much harder because now they have a week until our deadline. And they have to get on campus. And they have to apply. They have to get accepted. Where if they just take a weekend, take a day, invest a half a tank of gas, whatever it is, to visit some of these schools earlier on, it's going to make the process much easier on the back end. Right. So it's like anything else. The more work you do on the front end, the easier it's going to be on the, on the back end. And it's, it's no different in recruiting.
0: OK, going back to your experience, you know, you mentioned that Alright kind of came up because a coach visited in the school. Is that how you created your list of schools to visit based on, you know, you're there in December, I imagine. And every day different coaches are coming around and maybe you get called into some meetings with some coaches and and then you have a list of eight schools or how did that work for you?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but I know it's some of them, Albright, um, Gettysburg, William Patterson, Montclair, Rowan, you know, some of the schools that were, you know, really use the Jersey Shore and, and New Jersey as a free recruiting area. I remember those schools coming in, meeting with those coaches, you know, got called down and, and every coach has has some different, um, you know, some different techniques, but you know, I, I learned a little bit about the schools. I got some information. Again, that was that. those meetings were the first time I ever did any research or any, you know, looking into a college or university. Um, I know I always wanted to do it, but I just I never really got the ball rolling. So that was my first experience with it. So when I take the information home and I start doing some research online and I, I start looking around, then I really develop my short list from there for these questions I want to ask, you know, so. And I think it's rare that a coach comes into school and I say, oh, OK, I want to visit right away. You know, really, that visit was followed up by a phone call maybe a week from then. And we just had you know a conversation like we're having now and just talking about what I was interested in and what I want to do and what I want to study and what the school has to offer. And then maybe after a couple of weeks, I said, you know what, I want to I want to take a look there. You know, so I would say maybe that the the 10 schools that came in and, and sat with us in high school, I probably visited you know five of them off of, you know, just doing research on my own. But uh, it was it was really that simple, you know, when those schools came in. I, now, I don't know what their process was back then in 2007, um, but I do know that, you know, they met with me. They gave me some information. I did some research on my own. And then the great thing about going to college and what I loved about being, again, 17 years old at the time and my parents not going to college, this was really the first time that I get to choose what I want to do. You know, I really couldn't choose my high school or what classes I was taking in high school or kind of the path up into that point, but going to college, especially having my parents not gone to college, that was my first experience to, to do what I want and to research what I was interested in and to go to the school that I wanted to. And I, I was very fortunate to have parents that, you know, were supportive of that and, and gave me the tools and the resources to do that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you went to Albright and uh, I've been meaning to ask you, cause this is something that you, I'm sure, you know, that came up in the news last year. Uh, with, uh, the coach that, that I coach for you coach for, I, you know, you played for, uh, they had that big controversy around standing up for the American, you know, for the national anthem. I was just wondering, is that something that you've had experience with at your guys' school? Or is that, is that like something that's going on in campuses nationwide? Or is that just, you know, case by case, some places are, are dealing with, you know, some yeah, difficulty? It,
1: I, I think it's, I think it's different everywhere you go. Um, you know, I've when I was at that school, uh, we never experienced it because this has been going on for a while. I mean, I, I don't know when the first the first time that happened, you know, what year it was or what season it was. Um, I, I know it's been going on for a while and I've been in at least two colleges since then. And, and I, I haven't seen it come up. I actually, this past season here, it's never been an issue or brought up with uh, within our team, within our staff. I've never seen it on opposing teams. Um, so I don't, I don't know what, what drives it. You know, I don't, it's, we play very, uh, you know, very variety of schools and, and schedules. And again, I'm talking in two years, you know, over 20 schools, I've, I've, I've never seen it. Um, so I, I don't know what, what the reasoning is or, or, you know, why, why it comes about, but I do know that it is different everywhere and, and different schools have different policies and handle it different everywhere. And um, that's something else, again, when you're, if that that's important to you, and I, I think you know, any anybody that wants to protest or, or you know stand up for something they believe in, those are things that you have to ask in the process. It's very important. You know, you want to you want to go to a school that believes the same things you believe in. Well, if that's something that's important to you, and you ask that question and they disagree with you, then maybe that's not the school for you. You know, so hey, it comes to whatever whatever the the case may be. It doesn't have to be as far as taking a knee during the national anthem. It could be about you know how they how they deal with uh you know tutoring on on campus or extra help on campus whatever it is but you have to find something that you believe and you have to ask those questions because I think,
0: I think that's good advice i think um when you're going through the recruiting process it's important to ask the tougher questions where you you might be able to divide out schools into ones that are going to be better for you or worse for you you know if you like sometimes like getting to the principles of which coaches operate and who you can agree with and who you can i guess get along with you know, for four years, cause it's going to be your family and you're going to, you're going to basically do everything, you know, day and night with this group of people and, you know, making sure that, that you guys can, can do that in a great way. So asking those tough questions, but doing it in a way that maybe doesn't seem so confrontational and just really seems like information gathering, I think could be good advice for athletes as they're going through the process, just sure. in general.
1: And I think doing that early too, because you can't build a relationship in a week. You know, so if you if you wait to do this process towards the end, or you know you don't jump on the early leads or schools that are reaching out to you, you're not going to be able to build that relationship and learn about that school or that coach. And, and as college co- college coaches, we're doing the same thing. I mean, I don't want to recruit somebody for four days and have them commit. I want to learn about them. I want to learn about them and their family and what they want. There's times during this process at every school I've been at that I've been recruiting a young man and we start talking about what they want and what they believe or even like what they're looking for in a major. And there's times they say, Hey, maybe this isn't the place for you. You know, maybe our school is not the place that's going to make you thrive because it's not what you want. It's not what you believe. So I think a lot of people, you know, think that college coaches just want, just want numbers. They need bodies in here. That's, that's not the case, at least not anymore. We're looking for the right fit as college coaches, just as much as the student athlete is. And that's why sometimes we're asking those tough questions too, about, what you believe in. How do you feel about this? How do you work in this environment? Because we want to see, okay, is this person going to be a good fit for our school, our population, or our team? Uh, but So I think those questions
0: certainly go both ways. Sure. And why don't you take me through how you guys actually do recruiting at St. Lawrence?
1: Sure. Well, every every coach here, and we have seven coaches on the road um, You know, after the season's over, and every coach has a physical recruiting territory. So for example, I am mostly Eastern Massachusetts. So I um, you know, the, the greater Boston area, you know, some in Connecticut, um, some in the private schools in New Hampshire, Vermont, but that northeastern section of the country. Every coach has their own physical recruiting area. And then what I do is it really starts in the spring, but um,
0: the spring you know, of the, like, the athlete's junior year. Is that what you're saying?
1: Correct. So that, that that's when we'll start at our level, at least Division three level, is that's when we start gathering our information. So I go through every school in my physical area and I use every service that is available. So sometimes that's not using any service based on where it is in the country. Sometimes that is me going on the school's huddle and just looking at all their rising seniors. Uh, But I'm going to use every resource that I have, and I'm going to watch every single junior or rising senior. Uh, And the first thing I'm going to look at their film is, okay, can can this person help us win? Okay, can this person help us win? Uh, Can this person be developed to help us win? Can this person help our team in, in any way, shape, or form? If the answer is yes, then, then we're going to move forward, um, you know. And the next step is going to be at St. Lawrence. You know, we have to be, and it's a high academic school. It's very demanding academically, so we have to we have to start qualifying students, uh, you know, academically. So we're looking for students really, you know, above a 3.3 GPA if they're going to submit their test scores, which were test optional. But if they're going to submit their test scores around a 1200, above a 1200 SAT. Um, that would really be the next step. And if I can check off those two boxes, then I can start digging into it. So then I start contacting the high school coaches. Um, I start asking about, Hey, you know, what, what do you, what do you know about Nate Slutsky? Tell me about, tell me about his high school career. Tell me about how he works. Tell me about him in the weight room. Um, t- you know, tell me about, uh, maybe, maybe we're calling guidance counselors right away and we're trying to get some character references. How do, how does this young man treat the people around him?
0: And you're saying this is all, this is all before you ever talk to the athlete himself generally or not really or
1: in generally for me yes uh because you know the, the coach the high school coach that's one of the best opinions i can get from a character standpoint you know um we're going to evaluate players how we think is important to us in st lawrence and, and what we find is, is best for our system and what we're looking for but as far as character references and work ethic i'm going to ask the high school coach because um, you know sometimes he's going to say hey i find out information from the high school coach that i'm not going to find out from this student about being suspended or getting into fights or, you know, not being in school, always late, always absent. At least if I have that information, now I can present it to the student athlete when I'm recruiting them and, and really dig into what's important to them, you know, and some, and, and you'll, you'll be surprised some of the answers you get, but um, you know, I, th- I think it's always good to have that, that confrontation of truth in the recruiting process. So so once I, you know, I'm talking to the high school coaches I'm getting information, but then I'll start reaching out to the student athlete. And that, that first conversation which ideally is, is by cell phone. You know, um, I don't want to do a first contact by an email or a text. But that's great to get my information from, but I'd like to talk, you know, talk on the phone. And that first conversation, I just want to learn a little bit about them. You know, we're, we don't talk, me personally, that first conversation, we don't talk much about St. Lawrence. We don't talk much about the school. We don't talk much about the football program. Um, I want to learn about, about this young man and, and what he's looking for um, and learn about his story and, and what he wants to do. Because the more I know about him, the more I can help push him in a direction. Maybe it's to St. Lawrence. Maybe it's not to St. Lawrence. You know. Um, maybe I know. Hey, we don't. Uh, this isn't going to be the right path for you. Or maybe you should start looking this way. And that's that's how I think that the game has changed for me at least. It's not so much just bringing everybody in. I'm trying to I'm trying to help these guys. And the more I learn about them, the easier it is to help push them in a certain direction.
0: And in general, where, where are you on the timelines? Is this all happening in the spring of athletes junior year? Or is this, have you kind of gone through time now?
1: So, so let me, let me go back. So when we go on the, we go on the road in the spring first and we go on the road in the spring, we have about two or three weeks in the spring. And again, I'm visiting most of my recruiting area. I have less time on the road uh, in the spring than I do in the fall, but so I'll visit my recruiting area, basically from the spring of their junior year to uh, the summer. This is what's going on is I'm prospecting, I'm getting information um, I'm learning about recruits. I'm calling recruits on the phone. Uh, a lot of them are going to camps in the summertime. And most of those, those phone conversations, I'll talk to a young man. He'll say, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to be at the Syracuse camp on July 17th. I'll say, great, I'm going to be there. Let, let's meet up. And let's talk. You know, Let's have a conversation. Uh, what position are you working with? Let me see you work out. So a lot of those those are the types of conversations we're having in the spring and summer. Uh, they're they're very general. They're very basic. But it, it's learning about the recruit. Uh, and then towards the end of the summer, really right about now, is we start talking about uh, a summer visit. We have one here at St. Lawrence uh, this uh, this Saturday coming up, next week from today. And so we have, you know, we'll probably have 10 or 15 recruits coming up that we've met with in the spring or met with at a camp. Um, I mean, there's some guys I didn't meet with in school just because I couldn't get there based on the, uh, the timeline of the spring. But I met at a camp. We had a conversation, uh, got their information, and then they're going to come up here in, uh, a week from today. You know and, and have their first visit so from the spring to the summer it's it's prospecting if it's getting information it's learning about the recruits it's maybe setting up a summer visit i know it's tough because football starts and, they, and families are going on vacations i get it um but th- that's what's going on up until the summer now from the summer meaning august when football starts until when our season ends typically november december those uh us being where we are in St. Lawrence here, you know, we'll visit some kids locally. Um, we'll go to some high school games locally. Some other colleges and universities will have a a, a larger range where they can get to from where, you know, where they're located. But We'll visit some schools locally on Friday nights, Saturdays to watch some games if we can. Uh, but again, from August until our season ends, we're spending some time on the phone. We're learning. We're getting guys to apply if they want to go early decision. If they're looking to go regular decision, we want to talk about those details, which are different everywhere you go. Um, some schools have rolling early decision and, 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 the, and those conversations are, uh, you know, can get pretty confusing and overwhelming for, for a parent or, or a student athlete. So uh, we take some time explaining those up until the end of the season. Once the season ends in November, December, then we can start getting on the road uh, for the second time.
0: Let me, uh, pa- let me actually pause you for a second because i got some questions sure. about some, some of that stuff. So sure. you're, you're saying you're going on the road in the spring. You said you got two weeks, um, now, are you? Do you already have like a list of athletes that you're trying to go see, or do you just have a list of schools that you know generally have guys that that would be interested and in, and capable of of succeeding at Saint Lawrence, and and so you're just dropping by schools and trying to gather names, or are you targeting at that point?
1: Sure. Yeah, we're already targeting. I mean, there's you know a couple of weeks before we get on the road uh, when spring you know when spring ball ends or when we have a break in spring ball, we are. We're on our computers. We're on the phones. We're using you know every service that we can, and we're and we're getting names. We're watching films. So, anytime I go into a high school in the spring, I'm walking in. I know who I want to talk to. I've already watched their film. Um, I want to you know I probably talked to the coach already. Uh, but at that point, really, I'm I, I want to put a face to a name. I want them to meet me. I want to meet them. But we have already targeted, you know, our prospects at that point. Now, how we target them again? It, it can be different. Sometimes a player will reach out to me. Maybe. Maybe this this high school I wasn't planning on going to just because of the spring we have less time on the road and I was like you know, I'll just phone recruit that school for right now I can't get there in the spring and then a the kid reaches out to me and says hey coach I'm interested I, I you know maybe I, he came to a game or he talked to one of our coaches previously and so I changed my schedule and I, I went to that school so I can meet that I can meet that young man because he took an effort to reach out to me so I've actually changed my recruiting schedule um, to go see one person at one school that may not have been in my you know, my plan uh, because that young man showed some initiative and reached out to me and, and wanted to talk football. But yeah, going into the spring, we were, we're fully targeting our student athletes. I'm I'm not going into any high school and asking a coach who he has or um, going in blind. I like to know who I want to talk to. I want to watch their film. I want to evaluate. I want to have a conversation with that young man about their highlight film and talk about some things that we like talk about some things that we see they can improve on and and i I think they appreciate that
0: and and how many like athletes are on your list that you're recruiting you know recruiting in some way shape or form before you hit the road in the spring so these are guys that you've already seen their highlight tape you like the highlight tape you've already seen the transcript you like the transcript and then you met you know that you're going to make an effort in some way to recruit them like what how big is that list for you personally and then you know obviously got seven coaches we could do the math
1: Sure. So I think I think for me personally in the spring, I'm going on the road with probably around 150, 150 guys that I'd like, uh, maybe a little bit more. And it's going to vary, obviously, every year. Um, and then what recruiting area you're in and how many schools you can get to. But I'm going to say, you know, right around 150 names going into the spring. And and that number, it, it gets, you know, it dwindles down very quickly when you meet someone that doesn't have the grades or maybe they don't want to play college football. So that that number you know, it goes down very fast, but besides, when we get, when we get off the road in the spring, you know, we're going to have, you know, just under a thousand names that we are interested in. Right. uh, That we are researching, that we are making contact with um, throughout the spring, throughout the summer.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's a huge net. You're, you're looking at a, you're like recruiting at, at some level, you're recruiting like a thousand athletes for, I imagine you end up with a recruiting class of what, like 40 or 50 or something like that.
1: Sure. So you know, and, and the thing you you, know, you said, you know, you could kind of cast a net, but and the thing is, that thousand, that's specific. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, yeah. Um, you're right. You're the, right. The, the, those the, those are guys that those are guys that we're targeting, um, that we are interested in, and there's going to be guys that maybe somehow fell through the cracks. Maybe uh, maybe their huddle was was turned off. Maybe he didn't he didn't put a highlight film on there, and that's where I rely on some other services or some other coaches or some other contacts to say, hey, you should take a look at this guy. This film's on YouTube, not on Huddle. Oh, okay, perfect. You know, so that number is, you know, that's that's a thousand that we are targeting. Yeah, uh, you know, actively, and yeah, for for a class, you know, around you know, we're bringing in just around forty. You know, coming in this August, last year we brought in you know fifty one or fifty two, and I think Division three school that that number is is pretty, you know, pretty close everywhere you go.
0: Yeah, actually, according to like our research and reach, you know. Talking to coaches throughout the country, um, that's actually low for Division three. You know, a lot of Division three schools are upwards of sixty, seventy, and um, and some. You know, there's schools out there that are bringing in over a hundred freshmen every year. Um, but you know, what we've seen is for Division one schools, Division two schools, the numbers are closer. You know, Division one schools are closer to twenty five. Division two schools are closer to forty or thirty five, and Division three schools are really that higher number. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that that number too is. You know, it's, it, there's certainly a lot of variables to go into it. Some conferences have roster limits and based on who they get and transfers, maybe they can only bring in 25. Um, I know the schools in the, um, uh, the they have a roster limit. I, I, I think it's, I think it might be 75, you know, 75 players total, right. you know, right. on the roster. So certain schools and certain conferences are, are certainly limited. Um, you know, but again, here at St. Lawrence, we're, we're high academic. We're, you know, we're very demanding in the classroom, very demanding athletically. Um, so we're, we're going to be very specific and, and we'll find the right guys. And I think, you know, every coach will agree, but I know this is the way here. I'd rather have 30 of the right guys than 70 of just whoever, you know, just whoever wants to come.
0: Sure. And I'm hearing what you're saying with um – with the timeline and that you have like a list of a thousand guys. And those are the guys that you're recruiting. Uh, I imagine that there are a handful of guys that end up at St. Lawrence that didn't start on that list of a thousand. And I think of your case, I mean, you didn't, you said you didn't start your, your junior year. I imagine that you wouldn't have passed whatever the St. Lawrence test is, but you know, you still ended up being a really great division three football player. And so my question is, is like, what would an athlete do that's doesn't have junior film? Maybe they got hurt. Maybe they just weren't a starter, um, that still wants to play college football like you did.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think they, they still go about everything the same way, and they they just tell us that you know uh, because I was me I was one of those guys I didn't have any junior film to send in. Um, so again, if if I go out on the road in my junior year or you know someone's junior year and they don't have any film, I'm not saying okay, like I'm done. You know, I'm, when I go back out in the winter time and I research the teams throughout, the, I follow all of my recruiting areas throughout the season. So every week I see how they did. I'm gonna look how my recruits did. Uh, I'm gonna look who's updating their film, and, and you're gonna find some guys that are added to that list. Maybe someone that came into you know that came into a role. Maybe somebody had a stud FBS player in front of them for three years, you know, as, as a quarterback position, and they just they they weren't competing with them, and then they come in their senior year and they're great football players. So um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned about that at all. I mean, there's I don't think anybody is just writing anybody off that doesn't have junior film or. Um, they come on to them late because there is, uh, I'm looking at my list of of recruits that, that I, you know, that I recruited this year that are coming to us, um, from the spring to the summer, I would say half of them weren't on my list in the spring just because from they were a different area or maybe they didn't have junior film or they didn't update their film or I wasn't able to get there. So of the commits
0: that I got personally, half of them, I met for the first time in November. Right. And I think that's important for guys to understand is that so coaches are building these lists, but they don't ever stop adding to the list. They, you know, if the guy's good enough, they're going to keep on, they're going to keep on looking for that, that guy that's going to fill out the class. And, and a lot of times those late ads can be your best players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always, we're always looking for the best fit. And, and the thing is, you know, you find, you find a lot of high schools and the, the more you're in a recruiting area, you find high school coaches that you can trust. And when these guys reach out to you or, or if you reach out to me and say, hey, Keith, I, I got a guy for you, you got to look at. He's he's got a three seven. He's got a twelve fifty. Um, great football player. Great family. Great kid. Um, he just wasn't sure about the process. And you said, "I'm oh, yeah. I mean, if you tell me about him in November, December, January, you know, we're going to jump on him because we're going to look for guys that are the best fit for us. So I wouldn't be too concerned about if you get a late start. You know, because that's going to happen. You know, you can't, always, you can't always control that. Sometimes, again, we talk about the film, but if you get a late start, it's not going to it's not gonna make or break you, but you're certainly going to have um, an advantage the earlier you start.
0: And you said you had a list of about 150 guys. How many high schools is that coming from? Like, how big is your recruiting area in terms of numbers of high schools?
1: Sure. Well, I, uh, when I'm on the road, basically, um, you know, we've got two weeks on the road in the spring. Um, I'm hitting around five or six schools a day. Okay, so you now my recruiting area is I mean it's, it's hundreds of schools and there's no way you can physically visit all of those schools. Um, which is which is the tough part about you know being a college football coach at Division three level When you have such a, a huge recruiting area, is how do you prioritize where you're going to visit? How do you prioritize where you're going to you know spend your time? And, and and that's what that's what I like about I you know when people reach out early or the earlier I can build my list or earlier I could you know be specific about where I want to go. Um, I mean, the schools that I'm visiting, I mean, there's in, in, in one county, in one county in, in Massachusetts, there's there's 77 schools. You know, So that's one county. So there, there's going to be a couple hundred high schools in my in my recruiting area.
0: Right. So like that's, I think, an important point. 150 might sound like a lot to someone that's not that's not that doesn't understand like the math of how big these areas are and how many schools there are. And that's like less than one athlete per school. So you're talking about like the best athlete at every single school. I mean, I know it's not exactly that, but that's sure. like what you're talking about. This is not just like anyone that can pick up a football.
1: Correct. Yeah. And it's, it's the best fit at every school. I mean, I'm going to go to, if I go to a high school. I, I try to, I try to leave a high school. Now again, I'm, I'm targeting these guys beforehand. Um, but if I can find one student athlete that I like, that I think is a good fit for us, um, athletically, academically, socially, um, good char- you know, high character, good references. If I could find one student athlete that I like at every school, then I'm, I'm, you know, we're gonna be just fine as far as our numbers, as far as who we have to work with. That's how you get one of those, you know, the 100, 150 names, if you get a re- try to leave with one um, that you really like.
0: Sure. and. I guess what i what I wanted to know too is, um, you have 150 names and they're coming from, you know, hundreds of schools. What is like the breakdown? Is it like, is it really like one athlete per school or is it, or is it that you have like 20 schools that are like the best football playing schools and they each have like four or five names. And then there's a ton of schools out there where there's really no one that, that fits all the criteria that you listed before. What's like, it may be somewhere in between what, what, how would you characterize it?
1: Sure. So I think the example you gave is is probably the more accurate one, especially the area. I mean, you get to some of the, the Catholic league schools and um, what we call the, you know, the independent school league in Massachusetts, where I recruit um, high, you know, high academic, very good football. And I, I can leave, I can leave that school real with, with 10 names if I wanted to. Um, now when I have a school that has that many players that I'm interested in, well, I got to start doing my research. Um, okay. Who's, who, who am I realistically going to have a chance at, you know? So um, am I going to chase the guy that has FBS and FCS offers? No, no, probably not, you know? Um, Cause it's, it's going to waste his time and my time. Now, if the kid wants to talk to me, then sure, I'll, I'll gladly talk. And you know, Hey, sometimes things fall through, things change, people find the right fit. But um, I, I think the example you gave is, is what's, what's really accurate. There's, some, there's going to be some schools in Massachusetts in my area that I'm going to walk out of there. And I'm going to have four guys that I really like. And then, there may be one high school that there's only one, you know, maybe I went to a high school targeting one, one young man. And then I left and, you know, he didn't want to play college football. So I didn't have any at that high school. So it it, it balances out over time, but yeah, you're going to find some of the schools with um, the larger schools that are going to have more student athletes that want to play college football and that we're recruiting.
0: So you think it'd be fair to characterize like your spring recruiting, you probably have a list of let's just say 30 high schools in your recruiting area that you're going to go to every year. Cause just the nature of like the type of athletes that come out of there. And then you probably have another 170 schools or whatever in your recruiting area where you're going to sprinkle and you're going to hit these 30 this year and these 30 next year, just based on who's available and who you know about. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good way.
1: It's, it it changes every, it changes every year. I mean, sometimes maybe, um, you know, maybe there was a year where we recruited a young man from from that school, and um, he comes to St. Lawrence. And the next year, I'm going to go back to that school just because I, I had a great experience with 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 the young man that we recruited uh, with the high school coach, and I, I want to support that high school and support that school. Uh, and I'll go back to a school just for that. You know, there, there's times I'll stop at I'll stop at high schools. Uh, you know, and we're we're looking at again, we're looking at rising seniors. Um, you know, or, you know guys sometimes they're just walking around the high school. You know, guys that may you know maybe a year a year or two away. You know that we're not really sure about. Um, But any high school that we have good relationships with, if I if one of my best friends is a high school coach, guess what? I'm gonna go visit that high school. (laughs) You know. Um, But I I think what you said is is the best example for. We're gonna there's probably of when I go out in the spring, I'm gonna have those 20 schools. Like I'm hitting these no matter what. You know if if. If we were off the grid and I lost everything and I couldn't research anything about the school or the or their grades, I'm still going to these 20, 30 schools because they're going to have you know they're known for good football and and good grades and, and, and good people. Yeah, and the rest yeah. are, the rest. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick based on you know.
0: Sorry about that. <laughs> Did I lose you? No, you hear me? Okay. Yep. Um, that makes total sense. What uh, what would cause you to? to stop recruiting an athlete in the sense that you just don't think you can get them anymore. Like what, what would trigger that to, you you taking the athlete off the list just cause you don't think you can recruit them anymore successfully.
1: Sure. So, and I'll give you, I'll give you a real example. This happened this past year. I was recruiting a young man in, in upstate New York, um, high academic, good offensive lineman, you know, very talented offensive lineman. And he was being recruited by the Ivy leagues. Okay. So one of the Ivy league schools, you know, they were, they were actively recruiting them. Um, and fortunately I had a friend at one of those schools. So I was able to find out some information, but, um, he really wanted to go to Columbia. And I, and I told him straight up, I said, Hey, listen, if you get into Columbia, then go, you know, you should, you should go to Columbia. I was very, and he, that's where he wanted to go. Uh, but he was also very upfront and honest with me. And he told me, Hey, listen, coach, I'll, uh, you know, keep in touch with me. Maybe just shoot me an email, you know, a couple weeks from now and just keep me updated on the process. So, um, there, there's there's a couple different there's a couple different situations there's somewhere you know kids they're looking into going to a higher level school maybe an fcs or a scholarship division two, and they're like you know coach i just want to focus on these schools right now but i'm not saying no to you yet like i i'm still interested um just you know keep in touch with me maybe call me you know call me a couple weeks from now um and and, and there's some other kids that you know you just kind of get a feeling from you you talk to them on the phone you meet with them in school and and they're all about this other school, uh, you know, there's just, there comes a point where I got to make a decision. Okay. Am I, am I wasting his time or my time? Or can I start working more on this other recruit that really likes us, is really interested in us, or am I going to spend a lot of time and effort on this young man that really doesn't want to give me the time of day right now?
0: Yeah. And, and,
1: and sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes, Hey, he goes to higher school. Sometimes he, he falls to division three and goes somewhere else, you know, and it's, it, it, it's tough and i don't think there's any there's any rhyme or reason to it. i don't think there's any way to figure it out it's just one of those things that is the more you do it i think i'm getting better at it now being you know my seventh year in college but um just how, how to read people and and here's the thing too it, it's it's asked sometimes i'll i'll straight up ask them hey do you want me to keep recruiting you or not because sometimes you can't always read people and and they don't want to tell you no you know that they don't want to they don't want to turn me down um but they just don't know how to say it. So sometimes when you, you know, you ask the question and um, they'll say, hey, coach, listen, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I want to go to this level where I have an FCS look and I really want to see that through. And then, you know, every conversation's going to end. Hey, listen, I appreciate it. Um, good luck. If I can help, let me know. And if something falls through, you have my contact info.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Is there like a limit to how many times you'll try to reach out to an athlete and not get a response before you just write them off and it's, they're just off your list at that point?
1: Well, I think one, it depends on, uh, well, the answer is yes. And, and, but I think it depends on how much information I have. You know, if I just have his cell phone um, and maybe it's going to voicemail, maybe his, he's not answering texts. I listen, I I know there's always issues with cell phones and and communication, but if someone doesn't answer their cell phone, I'm not going to just write them off and say, you know what, forget it. Um, I'm going to, once I lose contact with the student-athlete or I can't get in contact with the student-athlete, I'm going to reach out to the coach. So I'm going to talk to the high school coach, make sure he knows, hey, we're interested here. Um, I've reached, I tried to reach out to Nate. He hasn't been answering me. I don't know if something is wrong. And listen, sometimes there's an issue. Sometimes uh, there's something going on at home. Sometimes there's an issue with their phone. And uh, you, you you learn about that. Other times the coach is like, you know what, I'll, I'll ask and I'll get back to you. And the coach is like, hey, he's, he's not interested. He's wants to look out. So uh, I'm never just going to reach out to a kid by email, text and cell phone. And then if he doesn't answer, I'm going to say, forget him. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to his coach. Um, I'm going to try to reach out on social media. I'm going to try to reach out to his home phone number um, because I get there's, you know, in today's day and age, there's, there's things going on there. There's problems, there's issues and there's a it's easy to get lost, you know, and especially in the recruiting process, there's so many schools out there. And um, for a 17 year old to get overwhelmed, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's tough. So uh, I'll, I'll certainly use all my resources. And uh, if I call him and text him and email and use his Twitter and his high school coach and at home and I get nothing, then at that point, I'm just deleting his name and, and moving forward.
0: I gotcha. And so you're you make it through the spring. You have your list of names. You You have contacts with guys throughout the summer. Um, how does it play out from there? Like when are, when are athletes committing? How does the list shake out? How are you adding more names to your list? You know, play me through the rest of the recruiting process. Yeah.
1: So, you know, a couple things for us is, you know, throughout the fall is we're going to invite guys up if they're in the area, because, you know, most of our guys are, are traveling in good ways. Um, throughout the fall, we'd like to get guys up for a, you know, for a game day visit. I think that's very important for anybody, um, that wants to play college football is to get on campus for a game. Um, see the game day atmosphere, see the players in action, and that's something we haven't talked about yet. But I think Division three gets a, sti- a negative, you know, stigma to it about the the talent level or, or the quality of football. And I have yet to have somebody come to uh, one of our games and you know and not be floored with the people that are running out there, you know, that are running around the football field. So I think getting to getting on campus for a for a game is very important at whatever level um, you want to play, you know, college. Football. So we'll try to get guys up here, um, you know, for, for those games, but we will continue that contact. We'll continue the phone contacts the emails and can uh, you know, game day visits up until our season's over. Now, every school is going to be different, but then once we get to a certain point in the fall, we're going to start talking about applications. You know, you're going to get the feeling or, um, a young man's going to say, Hey coach, you know, I want to apply. How do I apply? Well, every school is different. You know, here at St. Lawrence, you know, we have, you know, we have early decision, um, so we accept early decision applications, you know, from November 1st to February 1st. So we have, you know, people may call it rolling, you know, rolling early decision. But we have, you know, those months span there where they can they can apply early decision. And, and early decision means, you know, different things at different, at different colleges. But and we also have regular decision. If they want to apply regular decision, that's going to take basically it's going to take much longer for them to get their response back. If you apply regular decision, which the deadline is still by February 1st. You're gonna get notification from us, you know, the first or second week of March, uh, with your acceptance or denial, uh, with your your financial aid package, your scholarship money, and all that. So,
0: so what's we'll the downside? The app- to, what's the downside to going early decision? Is there any? Well, early decision,
1: it's it's uh, binding on paper, um, you know. So basically, here's what happens: if someone if someone visits a couple of schools and they come to St. Lawrence and they visit here and they say, Hey coach, this is where I want to be. Right. So if you find a school that's where you want to be, then apply early decision. Cause what that's going to do, it's going to get your acceptance back earlier. You know, it's going to be on, you know, once you apply, it's going to be a couple of weeks and you'll get it back. And you're going to get your scholarship money and everything back, done, signed, sealed, delivered, FAFSA, everything. Um, so th- that's the advantage to going early decision. Um, you know, the disadvantage is again there's there's some ethical binding uh, rules that go with it um, that some schools honor and some schools don't. Uh, clearly, you know if you go early decision and a school tells you it's binding, if you don't go there, they're not going to take money out of your account. They can't you know they can't force you to go to any school that you don't want to. But um, there are you know there are ethical reasons behind the behind the early decision binding agreement, and again some schools honor it and some schools don't. It's just it's just up to them.
0: So to understand, I really don't understand this that well because I never. Coaches, where sure. that was a that was a factor and it never seemed to play into my recruiting against other schools either um but so to understand mm-hmm. that better if you're an athlete and you apply early decision you really the goal is is like you're only applying early decision to one school that's the school you want to go to and you want to find out as soon as possible just figure out that all right my college decision is done versus i have to keep my options open because i didn't get into the school i wanted to i think that's the idea and the, the way it plays out in reality is is that if you get in, no one's going to force you to go there. And there's like, like you said, it's more of like an ethical decision as to whether or not you're going to honor your side of the agreement. Like part of the agreement of you applying early decision was based on you fulfilling that commitment at the end. Um, but I got to imagine that if you don't know what your financial aid package is until after you get it, then you can't know for sure whether or not that's something that you could realistically do. And then you said, you said that there's some colleges that, that would honor that. I assume that that means that if you apply early decision to another school, some colleges and you get accepted, some colleges wouldn't take you or wouldn't allow you to apply to them. Is that, is that real or Correct. is that, well, I, let me help me help me to understand that.
1: So, so let, let me just go back and like for at least us at St. Lawrence, have you apply your own decision? So if St. Lawrence is your first choice. Then we're going to encourage you to apply early decision. This is where you want to be. So if you're admitted, um, and you have satisfactory financial arrangements, so basically you can afford to come here, you know, um, that's then, then, you know that that that's that's how it works out. But if you apply your a decision and you get your financial aid packet and you can't afford it, well, then you then you can't afford it, you know. So you withdraw your application or you or you go through the the appeal process and, and try to maybe um see if you can get some more you know some more financial aid in there. So, um, but as far as you know, we were talking about the the other schools, and I, I've dealt with this before and I, I've seen it from you know friends in the business that. You know, you're recruiting a young man early decision. He goes early decision at uh, at one school, and he's waiting to get that decision back. And he's already accepted at another school. Um, well, when the school that he applied early decision to finds out that he's going somewhere else, they're gonna they're gonna call the school, and they may try to you know start a fuss. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not on that end of the admission side of things. Um, but again, there's like some schools won't care. If they don't have early decision, if, if College A doesn't have early decision, um, then they don't care if you apply early decision elsewhere. It doesn't it doesn't affect them. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with who's in charge, you know, with with who on on the admission side is is calling the shots. Um, but I, I've seen I've seen kids have to withdraw their applications um, from other schools, and I've seen kids not care that they went early decision, and the only thing they lost was their deposit that they had to put down on early decision, and they went elsewhere.
0: I see. Okay, that makes some sense. It it seems like that it's mostly an ethical, you know, uh, a moral arrangement where people are just making the decision to honor their word sure. in certain and, ways, and, and that and, and yes, that there so might be some like there might be some mechanistic uh, enforcement of it, but that seems to be the the secondary point. Hundred percent. And here's the thing: like that
1: that scenario that I just tried to explain. It's even tough explaining. Uh, that doesn't happen every day. You know, that's not something that you go through. The the people that apply early decision are 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 those that say, Hey, that school is where I want to be. And I want to get all my inf- I want to get my acceptance back as soon as I can. I want to get my financial aid back as soon as I can, so I can say, okay, this is where I want to go, I'm done. Right. You know. So so again, the earlier you start the process, you know, you can apply your own decision here at St. Lawrence on November first. So if you if you if I meet you in the spring, and you come up to uh, you know a summer visit day and you do a game day visit in the fall, maybe you apply November 1st and before you even finish your football season, you know where you're going, you know, and it, it's it's done. So so there's the advantage to uh, you know, starting earlier for sure. I gotcha.
0: And then <laughs> the next thing that I was curious about is like, would you, as far as advice for early decision, um, I, what I'm hearing the way how I would advise it is that if you're going to apply somewhere early decision, you should do it in good faith, meaning that, that your intention at that time is that when you get accepted, that's where you want to go. And that's, that'll be the end of it. And if you get cold feet later on, or if you like have financial hardships that make it impossible to make it realistic and you have to then open up other options, as long as you're being honest about it throughout the way, then like, it seems like that that's fair game or would you describe it differently?
1: I know a hundred percent. And, and, the, and the biggest piece of advice I would say is, is and because a lot of people, I mean, don't don't a lot of student athletes and their families don't know this information. I mean, you, you've coached at a higher level, but, you know, you were asking questions about it, right? So it's it's a confusing it's a confusing process. So the best piece of advice is one, what you said, and two, you know, be upfront and honest with your recruiting coach and ask them questions about it. And you know, they're going to direct you the right way. You know, they're going to tell you, hey, you should maybe, uh, you know, you should apply a decision. Maybe you should apply regular decision. Um, you know, they're going to direct you to what is what is best fit for you. And, and they're not going to put you, especially here at St. Lawrence, I'm not going to put you in a bad spot, you know. Um, but to, to have the information and the, certainly, like you said, being upfront and honest about it and, and asking questions to the college coaches is, is going to help.
0: And tell me from your experience, like, I would think that there would be a small, like a very small percentage of high school athletes that would be willing in November of their senior year so three months before signing day, to say, this is the D3 school I know I want to go to, and that's it. Most athletes, I feel like, are still at that point holding on to the opportunity for scholarship offers, whether D2, Division I, um, and want to keep their options open before committing to a Division three school that early but maybe I have the wrong impression and maybe you're, maybe I'm right in it, but there is a small fraction of athletes that want that help, help explain that to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're, you're right with your assumption. on it. If I look at our incoming class of around, around 40 student athletes, um, we had two decide this is where they wanted to be before Christmas time. You know, so uh, most of our guys were making their decisions in February, in March, Um, that's when they were making their decisions. So, Guys, you know, it's rare, especially at this level. I don't think, you know, I mean, I look at my experience. I, would, I had no idea where I wanted to go, you know, until I was a senior. Um, but from here at St. Lawrence, at least, again, you know, we we had two guys that figured out before Christmas time, hey, this is where I want to be. I got in. I went early a decision. I got accepted. I got the money. I like I liked financially what, um, what I have to pay. Um, yeah, let's do it. This is where I want to be. And the reason why those guys were able to do that and uh, were able to make that decision is because they started the process early. Again, they were up here in the summer. They were up here for a game. Uh, they were up here for a, a visit day, you know, in December before Christmas time where they ultimately committed, you know, a week after that. Uh, so they they did everything just, you know, three months ahead of everybody else, and that's why they are able to make that decision. So I, I don't think there's anything right or wrong. I don't think there's any, uh, you know, certainly the the earlier you, you start – making your list as a student-athlete for where you want to look. Um, the sooner you can narrow it down, the sooner you can make a decision.
0: That makes sense. And so take me back. All right, We were we were getting off the road in the spring. You had a list, you had gone onto the, the road with 150 names on your list. Um, and now you're getting into the summer, the season. Once the season starts, how many people are on that list? How are you interacting with them like during the course of the season or the summer? What what should like a normal like say recruit someone that's at the level that would be recruited by a school like Saint Lawrence? What should they be expecting? What is what would be typical? Sure. Well,
1: I think I don't think that number, as far as the athletes that I'm recruiting, drops off from you know spring to you know spring to fall or spring to beginning of the season, um, just because again they you know they don't know, and, and at that point I've only had, they haven't been on campus yet. I've only had a couple conversations with them. Um but throughout the season, what they could be expecting from me is is every week I'm gonna try to reach out to um to my recruits. Okay. Um or every week, every two weeks, maybe I'm gonna try to reach out to my recruits. And maybe it's not always a phone call. So maybe it's a text message before their game or after their game, um, just to check in because and, and you've coached at, you know, division three and division one levels, you know the time and in, in game planning and game weeks and um there's not a lot of time. There's not enough hours in a day to get everything done that you want to get done. So um, they can expect they can expect a text message every couple weeks. They can expect a couple emails. Um, they may get email updates from us uh, based on, you know, this is what happened in our game last week. Uh, this is who we're preparing for next week. They may get updates around the school. Um, The other thing they should expect is most likely when I met them in school, I put their name in our database for admission. So they should start getting emails and um, maybe some actual physical mailings from the university about about the school, about the academic progress, financial aid application process. Um, Me personally, I don't I don't like uh, bombarding everybody with phone calls and text every week as they're, you know, october november getting ready for their finals of their first semester of high school and also preparing you know and I mean going through high school football um, i don't, I don't want to be another another burden on them so uh, but here in st lawrence again they can expect a, a text message they can expect a phone call they can expect an email um, just something really to update them on us and and to hear how they're doing hear how their season's going uh, hear how they're doing and really just maintain the communication up until they want to plan a visit after their season's over
0: and everywhere I've ever been, even if I have a list of, say, a hundred names at this point, it's not a hundred names that are all equal, right? For me, it's always been they're tiered in some way, ranked in some way, um, and that tiering or ranking would determine the the way in which I would recruit them during that time. Um, and so I'm curious. Number one is that is that how you would operate? And if so, like, could you explain that a little bit more?
1: Sure. So you know, and every college, every university is going to have a different you know athletic ranking system. Um so and but you know one I'll, I'm going to research guys one that first of all so, some of the guys I met you know some of the guys some of some of the names on that list I just made of uh I got from you know maybe I didn't meet them in school uh but I'm going to target guys one first and foremost that have interest in us okay so if you are making an effort to contact me and you have interest in us um here at St. Lawrence or whatever school you know that I'm recruiting at is those are the guys I want to reach out to first. Those are the guys that want to be here. Um, I want to make some progress with those guys. So that would be number one. Um, you know, as far as you know, is the rest of the you know how the rest of the tiering system works, I, I think it, it it always varies. There's A lot of variables. Maybe it's somebody that's looking for uh, you know that has a scholarship offer. Maybe he's got a Division two scholarship offer, an FCS scholarship offer. Um, I'm not going to be contacting him the same way I would be contacting someone that maybe doesn't. Um, because even on my end, I gotta, I gotta divvy my time up and I gotta find out, um, what's, what's the, you know, the investment for me, right? The, uh, what, what, what's, what, what's worth my time, um, to, to recruit. If I know somebody that hasn't been answering me or is going to FCS visit days and has official visits elsewhere, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time recruiting those guys the same way as I would recruit somebody else that maybe he's visiting very similar schools in our conference, uh. He's everything we're looking for. So certainly the guys that I'm going to target are guys, like I said, one who I think are the best fit for us, which I can determine throughout the spring, right? So I'll highlight guys that I really liked, right? Even a conversation with, I really like this guy. I uh, had a great conversation with him. He's our type of guy. I'm going to I'm gonna focus on those guys. Um, and then, again, the ones that reach out to me. Uh, I don't care where you were, you know, where you were ranked or where I felt about you um, as far as an athletic standpoint. If you're reaching out to me, uh, the I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some time on you as well.
0: And is like how they rank athletically, like in terms of how much you think they can make a difference athletically for your team, is that a factor at all? in and how you would how often you would say text or call or anything during the course of the season or into the winter?
1: Uh, I I don't think it's I don't think that affects the, the frequency of of the contacts just because you know they can't control whatever their ranking is, and I'm not gonna just because someone may be ranked a little bit lower, a little bit higher, one, it doesn't mean that's what they are. That's just what I see on film. Um, so I, I think that, you know, the ranking system is just really for us to get organized, really. It's for us. So when we have things on paper and we have guys visiting, we can have an idea of where guys stand. But as far as the frequency of contact, it, it's not going to it's not gonna change anything for me. Um, again, I'm looking for guys with the best fit. Just because someone athletically maybe ranked a little lower, he may be a better fit than the guy that's ranked higher than him. You know, it's just that's just an athletic ranking it's 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 a combination of athletics and academics and character and their passion for the game and, and how interested they are in us so those are the factors that really affect how frequently I'm going to contact somebody um, not their athletic ranking
0: okay and so you think that athletes that are being recruited the thing that they should be looking for are texts or calls you know it doesn't necessarily not necessarily every week but maybe every other week or every three weeks and that, that would be something that would be indicate that you guys are interested.
1: Sure. And, you know, it, here's the thing too, it's, it's don't be afraid to reach out to reach out to us because, and, and you, again, you, you know what this is about. There's times that, that we get lost in the mix sometimes, you know, we got games coming up, we got game planning, everyone's recruiting, you know, trying to maintain their 150, 200 names, whatever it is. Um, so it's nice when I come in in a morning on you know Sunday morning or Saturday morning and I get an email from, Know from Nate Slutsky out in Massachusetts they have to say, "Hey, coach, just wanted to check in. Um, we played last night. This is what happened. Um, really looking forward to coming up in the winter time." Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna reach out to that, to, to Nate and and uh, make sure that you know we don't he forget about us and we don't forget about him. So, so, so don't be afraid to to reach out to the college coaches. I think sometimes student athletes get nervous about that. Um, even 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 if it's not over the phone, even it's just an email or a text, like like they're bugging us. You're, you're not you're not bugging anybody. Uh, I would prefer, I would love if you reach out to us um, and give me an update on your season. The more information I know and um, the more context we have, the, the better it's going to be.
0: Yeah. And I think that that, that might be different at different divisions. I imagine that that same thing doesn't play as well at major FBS schools and even FCS schools from my experience, sure. where, where at that point, um, I think that those coaches are getting so many of those types of communications and contacts that I think to really step out and, and be, be someone that could maybe break through and, and get uh notice would be either like a personal visit to a school uh, because it's hard to ignore someone that's sitting right in front of you. And yep. also having your high school coach be the one that reaches out because that's more of a longstanding relationship, usually between the coach and the college coach versus you and the college coach. And so depending on what division you're looking at, I think it's, it, you could have a different approach and be successful. Absolutely. So then you get to get to the end of the season. And this is so different than when I when I remember coaching Division three football and and my recruiting timeline. And I don't know how much of it is just different staffs having different mentalities, or how much of it is just the changing in times and huddle and all those other things, and you know timelines getting moved forward. But you would you get you know, get out of the season, and then it's about probably getting guys up for official or unofficial, depending on how you want to determine it. Visits up to your campus, showing them around, hope hopefully giving them you know, the experience to help them make a good decision. And then how does that process play out from there? Do you guys have like a limited number of spots that you guys are jockeying people in position for you guys are closing up or is it kind of like you're just recruiting guys that are good enough and great fits and you get what you get? How does that work?
1: Well, you know, so everybody, you know, we'll have, we'll have here in St. Lawrence, we'll have maybe five official visit weekends, which are, you know, two day long events. So we're going to have people come up on a, you know, on a, Saturday afternoon. They'll do a recruiting event during the day. They'll stay overnight with a player host. Uh, and we'll have breakfast in the morning and then, and then send them on their
0: way. So depending on what, what, what is, time it, of year is this, like when do these weekends happen?
1: So, so we do here at St. Lawrence this past year, we did one before Christmas time. Um, and then we did, uh, you know, two or three in January, then one the first week in February.
0: Okay. So all right, before, all before signing day. Correct. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Now, now, here's the thing. Now for us,
1: our, our, application deadline is february 1st so after you know we have to get everything done before february 1st anyway uh, because that's when the application deadline is now if you can't come to an official visit weekend well then you just come up any day you want you just reach out to your recruiting coach and say hey i want to come up on tuesday fine you know we're in our office and it's going to be a different format it won't be so much of a uh, you know a, a group where we have a, a some, some guys on campus but it's going to be uh, you know whatever day works for you is is the best fit so you know Depending on when you come up, though, you they, they do their official visit. At that point, they've already been uh, – they've already applied. They're waiting on their acceptance. So once they visit campus and they leave, you know, I'll, I'll probably wait a day or two. Then I'll follow up with them and just, you know, kind of get a temperature check on what they thought about the campus, uh, what they thought about the coaching staff, the players, their overnight. Uh, I like to talk to their parents. I like to talk to the high school coach and just, and just kind of get an idea of, of where they stand. From there, it's, it's really the toughest part for the college coach at this level, Division three level, and the student athlete is often at that time it's a waiting game. You know, if they apply regular decision, they, they're waiting a month to figure out, uh, you know, if they're accepted and, uh, you know, how much money they're getting. Now, again, here, here at St. Lawrence, we're, we're, we're such a, a specific and a high academic school that if, if we bring you on campus, it's you know, we, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get accepted. Um, And that's something that we're up front and honest with right away. I'm not going to bring someone on campus that I think is going to get denied. Um, And if they if if I think so, then I'm going to tell them right away, like, hey, we we should probably wait to see what your acceptance is or, um, you know, just just to give you an idea. This is what I think is, you know, this may happen or or, I'm not sure about the outcome of this application, just where you are GPA and test score wise. Um, But that's always a tough part after the visit, because it's a lot of waiting. And then that's the stressful part. You see the stress from the student athletes. You see the stress from their parents uh, because they're just waiting for their financial aid packers. They're waiting for acceptance. And um, there's really not a lot for them to do once they make their visits. Now, what we do to kind of help that is if they enjoyed their first visit, we like to invite them back up for a second visit. Maybe they're coming up for um, an ice hockey game. Okay. Ice hockey is very big up here in St. Lawrence. We have a division one ice hockey team. So maybe we get them up to an ice hockey game or a basketball game. Um, maybe we go out and we see them in their home Maybe we go out again and see them in their high school a second time. Um, something to, to keep showing our interest because I know it gets, it gets tough that time of year.
0: And as far as like number of roster spots or like jockeying for position to get like, is that a factor for you guys? Or is that not something that really plays into it for you?
1: No, for us, I mean, we don't have a roster limit. Uh, we don't have a number that we have to hit or maintain or, uh, you know, stay above or stay below, for that matter. Um, so we're fortunate to here and have a lot of freedom. You know, to bring in who we want. Uh, you know, if position-wise, you know, I think every every staff has a goal for how many they want in a certain position. But let's say if we want three quarterbacks this year and we already have three committed, we're not going to stop recruiting quarterbacks. Um, we're going to make sure those quarterbacks know. Um, you know, if they ask and say, "Hey, you know, how many quarterbacks you bringing in?" Well. Even though I personally don't like that question, I'm going to tell them, "Hey, we have we have three guys coming in, uh, but I'm recruiting that young man because he's a good fit. It doesn't he's not a bad fit just because there's three guys committed before him, you know. So position numbers or position goals, those are just guidelines and things to help us maintain our stability in our on our roster. But uh, we don't have any limits uh, or any you know anything we have to maintain as far as roster spot.
0: Yeah, that's that's really a luxury at Division three schools or non scholarship schools typically where where it's not so strict as far as once the scholarship is eaten up, that's it that you can't like, you can't create new scholarships out of thin air, you know, you have limits. And so um, division three schools usually have a little bit more room to play with where they can just recruit the athletes they want and then get the ones that they get and then build a team from there. Yeah. So that's pretty great. Um, My only, like really my last question is like, tell me about St. Lawrence. You know, I don't know much about it. I know, I know where it's at. I know it's in upstate New York, yeah. uh, but what's, What's what do you like about it? What's cool about it? What what are your athletes like about it?
1: Sure. So you know the thing that when I interviewed here at St. Lawrence, you know, a year ago, almost almost to the day, um, you know, I I didn't know much about the school. Again, now I think I got a letter from St. Lawrence in, in, in 2008. Actually, I think my, my mom found it when I took the job here. Um, but I didn't know much about St. Lawrence and, and being from the Shore area where I am in New Jersey, where I grew up. There's there's a lot of schools there, right? So. When I came up to St. Lawrence, um, you know, a couple of things stuck out to me. One, when I interviewed here, everybody that I met on campus that was working here wasn't alum, which I think is strange. <laughs> and to me, you know, because I, I never, the other colleges I met at, everybody that I was in, you know, introduced to in, in admissions or financial aid or the cafeteria, whatever it is, um, they were just, you know, they, they were from wherever. And here there's a lot of alumni, which when I was interviewing was important to me. Because that means that this school really takes care of its people. Uh, you know, the fact that some of these people either graduated from St. Lawrence and started working right away or they graduated, left and came back. Um, there's something that pulls people to St. Lawrence. Now, uh, it's a small school. It's around twenty four hundred undergrad students. It's, a, it's in a small town, a small college town. Um, but I think that's what drives people here. It's a very specific, tight knit community. Uh, last year, St. Lawrence, it was it was announced we had the number three alumni network in the country. Uh, I think number one was Penn State, number two was Wabash, and, and three was, was St. Lawrence. Um, so, and now when I heard that, it really makes sense that the alumni here, um, really strong alumni base. When I was recruiting in Boston, I was walking down downtown Boston getting dinner one night, and I had a St. Lawrence sweatshirt on, and I was stopped multiple times with people that graduated from St. Lawrence or went or knew some of them went to St. Lawrence. Uh, so it's a very tight knit community, which, which I love. Um, our, our players here, I think are all very, you know, everyone's very similar. And I think, you know, 95% of our roster is, is, is very similar. And, and I think that just comes to how we recruit, you know, and how the school is recruited for years prior. Uh, very specific in who we're going after. Um, here's something that's interesting. You know, and I don't know what the numbers are and maybe you can elaborate on them a little bit as far as your yield when you actually uh, when you're recruiting student athletes and how many you start with. And I think I think an average yield is around 30 uh, percent. Don't, I don't know. People you know get three out of 10 uh, of, of students that that visit campus here at St. Lawrence. Our yield last year was over 50 percent. So what that tells me is when you get on campus here, it's a little bit different. right? People uh may, may not be so sold on because oh we're you know we're six hours from Boston or we're two hours north of Syracuse and that that's scary that's a scary thing to go through uh, any school you're traveling to but when they get on campus over half of the recruits that we brought on campus committed um, and I think that's what's special about about Saint Lawrence as you as you get here it's such a tight knit close community um, good people that share the same values that share the same beliefs that want to help each other. Uh, and then that's what makes it such a special place to to go to school and, and play football.
0: It sounds like it's like uh, you have to not that you have to see it to believe it, but you have to like feel it. You have to be there. You have to get the feeling, and it has a unique feeling that you don't get at other places. That's kind of how I hear you describing it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we we have we've had some some guys come up from Florida um, who never seen snow <laughs> for the first time. You know, so they they get off the plane up here and and everybody's walking down the path to campus and they're running through the snow, you know? So they're, they're, starting to see different things, but again, it's just, it's really the atmosphere when you get on campus. And that's why I love getting people up here for game day visits, getting around the faculty, getting around the players, getting around this student body. Um, when you have a tight, you know, such a, a small school like St. Lord's, um, with the people that, you know, it's, they, they graduated from here. They live here. They work here. Um, you know, they, they they live, eat and sleep Saint Lawrence and, and that's what really makes it special.
0: That's great. Well it's your first year as a DC. What what should we expect to see from Saint Lawrence defense this year?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think uh you know, I, I hope our guys are, are excited to play. I think uh, you're gonna see guys that are running around excited to play football. Um, guys that have a sense of urgency and you're gonna see enough such such a defense but from from the St. Lawrence team in general, um, you know, we were we were we struggled last year, you know, we were two and eight, so I think you're gonna see a team that's that's hungry a team that wants to compete a team that wants to battle um they come here august 10th so I'm, I'm really excited to get rolling
0: and uh are you gonna try to stay similar to what you guys had done last year defensively or are you gonna bring with you th- things that you learned elsewhere maybe what you know anything or what what's your philosophy what what's changing what's staying the same
1: sure well you know i think anytime you know every year you're always going to evaluate different things right so whether there's a staff change or not at the end of the season, you're going to evaluate your personnel. Okay. So who do we have? What can we do? What can we do? Well, um, evaluate, you know, what direction we're going as a team, you know, what do we want to, what do we want to be known for? Uh, Evaluate who we're going to play, what teams are we going to see? What schemes are we going to see? Let's try to, you know, so I think every year things change, you know, they have to, I mean, how how much has the game changed from 2007 when you were 2008 when you were coaching at Albright till now? Just offensively I mean, <laughs> yeah it,
0: there was no zone read so it changed it's a night, lot it's night and day right <laughs> so,
1: if, so, so every year you're, you're going through these you're going through these changes whether the staff teams or not um, you know fortunately you know defensively here you know Scott Valone, who, who you knew who was the DC here um, who is now the, the d line coach at Fordham he did a great job in his two years here as a DC of, of creating an identity um, and creating a work, a work ethic with this team. And so I don't think we're or we're changing much. I think we're just picking up where we left off. So the game's always changing. The defense and offense are always evolving. Um, but I think we're just we're just picking up right where we left off. We're changing things maybe based on our personnel and uh, no different than any other year.
0: That's exciting. I'm looking forward to watching you guys play and uh, and seeing how you do and watching it throughout the rest of your career. So we're excited for you. I'm excited for you. Um, thanks a lot for taking the time to do this call.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. See you, Keith. I'll see. You. Thanks for listening. I thought Keith was awesome and fountain of information. We're gonna invite on more college coaches and try to help more athletes and their families understand the recruiting process. We also have a beginner's guide to college football recruiting on our website at verifiedathletics.com. All of our recruiting resources at Verified Athletics are free, so share them with your friends and family. Post them on social media. and if you find them valuable, consider donating to our Patreon page. Thanks again.